Hello, I'm Andrew Whitfield-Cook and this is FX Radio. And today in the studio with me is none other than Dr Michael Murray, a naturopath of great renown and who has a very long history um, and a very eminent place in, in naturopathic history, certainly in the United States. And when people realise what will be t- um, who this man is, they'll go, ah, right now I understand. So, Dr Murray, welcome to the studio. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I tell you, it's my pleasure. Uh, I remember when I first heard you speak in 2005, knowing your name, and, and it, was, it was a great pleasure to hear your, your webinars back then on inflammation and certain products like uh, proteolytic enzymes and wh- what they do for patients. So today we're going to be sort of, I guess, talking a little bit about that, that theory or that, that uh, premise of inflammation. So tell me about your use of theracurmin? What, what do you think? Why do you think it's so special? Well, uh, the therapeutic efficacy of any product or drug is based upon delivering an effective dose. Uh, and the reason why in vitro studies and animal studies are conducted are to determine uh, what is an effective dose and uh, what are the consequences of that mm. dose. Yes. Uh, so if we look at the history of curcumin, this yellow pigment from turmeric, in the last 20 years, it's been the subject of over 5,000 scientific investigations. Primarily, these studies have been in vitro and in animal studies. Now, uh, based on the results of these studies, curcumin has been referred to as the preclinical cure-all. Mm. It's given that moniker because it's been shown to be effective for so many different conditions. And the yeah. reason is is that it literally turns off some of the key steps that lead to the production of inflammatory compounds. Curcumin has been shown to block or inhibit the action of every single known inflammatory mediator. It's referred to as a pleiotropic molecule. And what that means is it has many, many sites of action. Mm. And when you look at its anti-inflammatory dance, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, This natural compound has significant activity, yet no toxicity. And we'll explain that uh, occurrence. We'll explain how can something be so active and so powerful, yet have no side effects. Uh, so uh, this body of knowledge of curcumin is very exciting. But as they started to move from animal studies to human studies, they didn't see the same sort of results. And the reason being is, is they weren't able to achieve the same level of concentration. Uh, for example, uh, <clears throat> curcumin has been shown to inhibit the formation of beta amyloid, which is a key factor in the development of Alzheimer's disease. That was shown in test tube studies that led to animal studies where uh, curcumin was shown not only to inhibit the formation of beta amyloid, but actually dissolve beta amyloid deposits. So the researchers doing that animal work thought, oh my gosh, we've discovered the cure for Alzheimer's disease. So that led to some human studies. Uh, Two human studies using a very popular form of curcumin failed. Why did these studies fail? They failed because they were not able to achieve an effective dose. We know based upon the test tube study and the animal study, 
what the concentration that was required to produce the effect and uh, trying to achieve that concentration with uh, regular curcumin or turmeric extracts is just not feasible. Uh, if you look at some of the work that's been done in cancer, maybe Dr. Ashuler talked about this, one of the, the detriments has been the poor bioavailability of curcumin. In some of the studies, they use dosages as high as 12 grams. In one study where they used 8 grams, 21 out of 24 people, they were not able to detect any increase in curcumin in the blood. In a study where they gave subjects 12 grams of curcumin, they showed blood levels only increased to about 51 nanograms per ml. Based upon studies uh, that have been done and, and uh, the clinical use that's being conducted at the uh, MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, mm -hmm. uh, it looks like the target is around 500 nanograms per ml. That's so serum? You're, so, yeah, so you're not, serum, you're not getting anywhere we're near the yeah. level you need to get to. A, tenth, yeah. but a dose of 12 grams is only giving you 10% of what you need. So yeah. uh, that's not going to translate to very good clinical response. Mm -hmm. So um, tell me what's different with theracumin. Like, uh, because I know that, and I, and I, did the, I, I said this with Dr. Lise Alshula, and I'll say it again because we owe a great deal to a company called Sabinsa who, you know, basically did so much of this preclinical work and, you know, with the dry curcuminoids, um, even on advanced stage pancreatic cancer patients where they had a huge dropout rate, but some nice actual successes there with those who could continue therapy. Um, but then the, the industry moved and we said, well, look, we've got to get this stuff into people um, and, you know, into the tissues, into the target tissues. So there's been this whole jockeying in the, in the industry about each company getting uh, their form, if you like, their, their slant on a bioavailable form of curcumin. So there's so many out there now that have jumped ahead, but theracumin is really one of these that it's ahead of the game. Tell me more about it. What, what makes it so special? Well, yeah, first, let me, let me uh, uh, just talk about a, a recent uh, pharmacokinetic study that was done uh, with the uh, Sabinsa material since, since, since you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. Uh, and they used very, very high doses. And in, in the study, they looked at uh, the, uh, the concentration in the uh, colonic cells. So uh, yeah. what, what it looks like is that if you want to just concentrate it in the colon, you know, maybe Whoops. some of these other forms may, may have some, some benefit. But uh, you don't really see any significant increase in, in blood levels, even at, at really, really high levels. Mm. And, uh, it, people can uh, go to the uh, Medline, and they can they can track down this article. Uh, you know what I what I'm saying is uh, it is, is absolutely true. Uh, we can look at uh, pharmacokinetic studies with with all of the commercially available forms of curcumin, and when you look at uh, those results and you, you compare them to uh, the results that are achieved with theracurmin. 
there's no comparison. There's really no comparison. It's a, it, it truly is a groundbreaking product. Mm. So let me describe what it is. I've, I've mentioned it several times. Mm. What they do to produce their curcumin is they take a, a very high-quality curcumin uh, extract. Uh, you, you know it's, it's high quality. If you just look at the, uh, the color of the capsule, yeah, yeah. empty that capsule out into a glass of water. It's brilliant yellow. Hmm. Uh, curcumin is the yellow pigment of turmeric. Hmm. And uh, if you look at other curcumin products out there on the market, what color are they? Hmm. They're orange. Yeah. They're not as high in curcumin. Now, uh, studies have shown that curcumin ex- exerts the, the, the greatest effects. So uh, the other uh, curcuminoids, uh, they may have some complementary effects, but in terms of real potency, uh, curcumin stands out. So they take this high-quality curcumin extract, and then they reduce the particle size. Uh, curcumin is a poorly soluble compound, largely because the particle size is, is so large. Mm. Uh, it likes to stick together. Yeah. The crystals are, 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 are larger. It's kind of like if they're all big chunks of rock salt. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to salt your food, that wouldn't be such a good thing if you're dumping big chunks of rock salt <laughs> on your food. Well, uh, in terms of absorption of, of curcumin, if we can reduce the particle size, that goes a long way. It doesn't take us the full way. The next thing that is done, and by the way, the way, the way in which they uh, reduce that particle size is through a, a process called wet mill grinding. So they basically uh, uh, put the curcumin in solution and bombard it so that you uh, reduce the particle size 100 times smaller than regular curcumin powder. So you take that reduced particle size curcumin and then you encapsulate it with a vegetable gum called gum gatti to form what's called a colloidal suspension. I imagine most practitioners know what a colloidal suspension means. So uh, it's a dried colloidal suspension that when you uh, mix it in water, it's really, really nice to see because uh, if you try to mix regular curcumin in water, it's not water-soluble. It just kind of sits there. <laughs> but uh, the theracurmin will disperse and dissolve, and it'll be dispersed evenly throughout the, uh, the, 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 the solution. Yeah. And it'll form this colloidal suspension where you, you have equal distribution of uh, the curcumin uh, throughout. And uh, it, it's not only uh, increased in soluble, in its ability to withstand heat and light. So it becomes much more stable in this colloidal suspension. Uh, so uh, by uh, reducing the particle size, increasing the solubility, we, uh, we see dramatically increased absorption. So when you uh, create this colloidal suspension, you not only increase the solubility, you also increase the stability. So it becomes more resistant to light, and heat damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, absorption of theracurmin compared to other forms of curcumin is substantial. If we compare apples to apples and look at blood measurements, uh, one capsule of 300 milligram total, 30 milligrams of curcumin in the theracurmin 
will be equal to the absorption of about 8,000 milligrams mm. of regular curcumin uh, based upon the impact on blood levels. Uh, so if we look at the absorption studies, again, and we compare apples to apples, theracurmin is far superior to any other form of curcumin currently on the market, mm. without question. Mm. And I think this is a key thing to get across to practitioners. And it's something that where practitioners get very confused about because of marketing and jockeying in the industry. And that is that it's one thing to have a certain amount in a capsule, but it's a total other argument to have a response in your patients. And this is what you're explaining about the theracumin. Other, Absolutely. Other, other, it's, yeah. it's not how much you take, it's how much you absorb. Yeah, and and, and once, you, once it's absorbed, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Now, I'm not saying that other forms won't produce clinical results. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But when we're looking at some of these more serious health conditions, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, severe inflammation, based upon the preclinical studies, it's virtually impossible for many of commercial forms to achieve the therapeutic level. Yeah. Uh, theracurmin is the only form of curcumin that's been shown to produce a dose response. And what that means is the higher you go in the dosage of theracurmin, the higher the blood measurement. Right. Uh, with regular curcumin, you reach a, a threshold. There's yeah. not much difference in absorption between 30 milligrams and three grams, yeah. or or three grams, and versus twelve grams. So, even saying something is three hundred times greater absorbed than regular curcumin, that I just said a few minutes ago, really doesn't have much meaning mm. uh, when we're looking at some of these uh, uh, clinical indications. Because what we're trying to do is achieve specific targets in the blood uh, with. Our, our therapeutic intervention, in this case, the curcumin. Yeah. So can I just ask then, let's talk about the patient. What sort of practice tips can you give the practitioners in Australia for using theracumin in patients with, you know, let's say dampening inflammation? Um, what sort of dosage would you use for various conditions? What caveats would you have, like, uh, for instance, if they had gallstones or if they uh, had were using medicines, if they had to be care cautious about any interactions? What can you okay. tell us? Uh, well, uh, it really depends in the indication. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, uh, theracurmin is a, is a well-studied uh, natural product. It already has been the subject of more clinical studies than any other form of, of uh, commercially available curcumin that I know of. And more studies are in process. Mm. The reason being is that all of these researchers that have fallen in love with the mechanism of curcumin, uh, they're jumping on the theracurmin bandwagon. Mm. So I mentioned uh, the failure of regular curcumin in Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. Well, researchers at the uh, uh, UCLA in, in Los Angeles, they are now conducting a study in Alzheimer's patients with uh, theracurmin. Fantastic. Uh, MD Anderson, uh, the, the famous uh, cancer research center, yeah. again, uh, they are looking at uh, theracurmin in advanced cancer. Right. So uh, we're seeing all sorts of really interesting uh, studies uh, uh, in process. There's a, a study that's uh, 
been, uh, I think it's uh, been completed now uh, in patients with depression. Uh, it turns out that inflammation plays a huge role in depression mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And by reducing the inflammation in the brain, you can see uh, clinical benefits. Uh, Theracurement has been shown to be helpful in congestive heart failure, something that people probably wouldn't think about using curcumin. But theracurmin was effective because it, it uh, re relaxed and increased the tone of the larger arteries. Right. So it reduced the peripheral resistance and allowed that heart to pump more efficiently. Yeah. So a significant improvement in uh, congestive heart failure. That study just used a dose of uh, uh, 300 milligrams twice a day. So uh, can I just so, stop you? When sure. you're talking about 300 milligrams, is that of the curcumin in theracumin or 300 milligrams of theracumin? Yeah, it was uh, theracurmin uh, in in these uh, existing clinical studies is a has a ten percent curcumin content. Mm -hmm. So, uh, three hundred milligrams of of uh, theracurmin provides uh, thirty milligrams. Uh, and we know based upon some of the work that's done been done with some of the other commercially available forms of curcumin. A very good work has has been done by by several companies with uh, curcumin. Products uh, based upon uh, those studies, we get a general sense of what the blood levels are uh, that are required in order to see a benefit. Whether we're talking about uveitis with Mariva or uh, osteoarthritis with Mariva, or some of the studies that were done with the Sabinsa material or the BCM95, we get an idea of what the blood levels are that are uh, are the targets. And we know what dosage of theracurmin is uh, uh, required to produce those effects. So yeah. uh, for general uh, kind of low-grade inflammation uh, in, in some of these cardiovascular benefits, effects on, on the mood, some of the uh, range of activities of, of curcumin that, that I would put as uh, not uh, life-threatening or serious, uh, the dose appears to be about one capsule uh, twice a day. So 30 milligrams of curcumin as theracurmin twice a day. I, I like a loading dose. I like two capsules twice a day for the first week yep. or two and then drop it down. Hmm. Uh, when you look at the uh, the pharmacokinetic pattern of theracurmin, we see that it, it is uh, retained longer and there's a uh, a second uh, absorption. Uh, curcumin is excreted in the bile primarily, and so uh, you'll see some uh, second peak uh, occur as uh, the curcumin starts working its way uh, out of the body. Yeah, yeah. So with, with chronic use, uh, we may be able to, to get by with, with lower dosages. Yeah. Uh, for se severe inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or, or psoriatic arthritis or uh, any of a number of other autoimmune diseases, I think you're going to have to go to a higher dose, probably in the range of a chronic dose of about uh, 90 milligrams of humanist theracurmin twice a day. Yeah. For, uh, for Alzheimer's disease, I would, I would place it at that, that dosage. For cancer, 
the dosage has to be even higher. The dosage that, it, that uh, looks like it's effective in raising the blood levels to a necessary levels is about six capsules twice a day. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I know that that's a lot, but we're trying to achieve a blood level of about 500 nanograms per, per mL. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, sometime uh, in the future, we'll be able to monitor uh, the dosage based upon what it shows up in the, in the blood. Yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll hopefully reach that level of sophistication with not just curcumin, but with other natural products. Mm-hmm. And we'll really come to... Uh, realize that there is some uh, individual variation. I mean, right now we're, we're given general dosage recommendations, but uh, there is tremendous individual variation in the absorption of many uh, natural compounds as well as drugs. So, hmm. uh, you know, you just have to kind of do your best and adjust the dosage based upon the clinical response. Yeah. But in the future, I really do believe that we're going to be basing it on, on blood measurements. Now, I want to talk about something that I think is really interesting. Uh, earlier, I mentioned uh, that curcumin has this tremendous activity yet has no toxicity. How can that be? How can you have something that is so profound, has so many different mechanisms of action, yet doesn't have any toxicity? That's, that's unheard of. What's going on? Well, uh, what looks to be the case is that when we absorb curcumin, it is quickly bound to uh, glucuronic acid. So it circulates in the blood in this bound form. Now, at areas where there's inflammation or tumor activity, there's a secretion of glucuronidase. This is the enzyme that can break that bond. So it looks like that curcumin floats around in our bodies in an inactive pro-drug form, and it becomes activated where it's needed. Wow. Uh, I think that's really beautiful, yeah. and I think that that's, that's the explanation as to why we don't see toxicity with it. Yeah. it, 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 it there's uh, <laughs> no toxicity once it's bound to that uh, glucuronic acid. Yeah. So, so it's activated by its need. It, exactly. Yeah. I think that's really cool. That's yeah, absolutely, and you know, I, I got to say, uh, I think this is one of the main beauties of incorporating natural medicines into therapy is that it's very forgiving. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah. be- because we've evolved with these molecules; they're not a new molecule. Um, it's just that what we're doing with things like theracumin is making them much more bioavailable. I think that's beautiful. That's a beautiful, um, beautiful little. Um, Example of how this stuff works, um, specifically with inflammatory conditions. Can I ask though? So you say it's very safe, but uh, with curcumin's or you know turmeric's and our original use as a collagogue, would you be a little bit uh, cautious in using it with somebody that might have gallstones? Well, I know that there's been some concern about its use in, in patients with gallstones. It is a choleretic, so it can increase the flow of bile. Uh, but I, I think that's a good thing in, in, in most people. Mm. Uh, so uh, I, I, I would recommend just uh, starting at a lower dose uh, and, and work, working the way up. Uh, I think it's, it's much to do about, about nothing. Yeah. I, I think the real uh, 
concern with with uh, Thierry Kierman has been its possible interactions with certain uh, uh, chemotherapy agents. Uh, it, it is possible that uh, it may interfere with the activity of, of certain types of, of, of chemo agents. And uh, I don't want to uh, highlight that point. Uh, in the, for the most part, you're, you're looking at a, a large body of data that shows uh, significant advantages yeah. with uh, their curement combined with chemotherapy.